Nobody warns you about the potential relationship pitfalls that occur after the arrival of children. You may seem prepared with the nursery items, daycare options, and the state-of-the-art crib, but have you prepared for the added stressors to your relationship? Hi, I'm Miranda, a Gottman-trained couples therapist. And I'm Aaron. I work in the financial industry, and Miranda and I have been partners for over 20 years. And we've had our fair share of ups and downs ourselves sure after have. becoming parents. Join us as we sit with couples sharing their experiences of how love has changed since the transition of children. Whether you are trying to conceive, currently pregnant, already have children, or experience loss and infertility, this podcast will showcase authentic, real couples, just like yourself, who are navigating love after lullabies. I will also share communication tips and tricks from my experience of working in private practice for over 10 years in the state of Oregon that can help maintain and even improve your relationship. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you get something out of today's episode. Today. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, happy Sunday for us. Well, happy Sunday. Happy Um, Tuesday for you. Or maybe Wednesday or Thursday or next year, depending on when you listen to this. We had a fun-filled weekend with a nine-year-old birthday party and some gardening. This is what we do on our Saturday nights now. We spend we spend it with seven squealing girls. Yeah, we, we made a couple. It was so funny. We made some large pizzas for the kids at this party. and We decided to do Papa Murphy's because everybody does dominoes here in town for birthdays. So we went crazy with Papa Murphy's. Yeah. But I didn't. We didn't think about how it would. You know, it takes fifteen minutes to cook each of them, and man, that first pizza came out it was like a bunch of hyenas hitting that pizza. Yeah, and then it was constant like, "When's the next pizza coming out?" Yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> ten minutes. Ten Wait, minutes. ten minutes. But anyways, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. yeah. For the kids, <laughs> they had a blast. And then we just sat and stared at a wall Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we watched a good movie, though. We did. Yeah. We did watch a good movie. Well, we're winding down. We only have... This is the last kind of official episode, per se, you know, of season one. Yeah. Well, we'll have another one just with us coming out, but this is yeah. the, the last interview we've done. Yeah. It's with Militia and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they have a great story that they, they shared with us. They have four children... Which ranges from 8 to 16, and they also fostered children, and then they ended up adopting a child. So they have their whole experience of what that was like for their relationship, and some of the rules and guidelines and tricks that they did in their relationship, or things that they missed. And so it's really, it's great. They, they very much prioritize their relationship uh, so it's very cool to see, to hear them explain how they do that, you know, especially with four kids. How do you do that? So it's it's pretty great to hear. Yeah, and they're great at it. Um, it's, it's Each kid has different dynamics, and then you bring in a foster kid in the middle of it, and they just, they do such a fantastic job, and, and you, you soon find out why, because of their, the tips and tricks they have and the things they've implemented really, really shine through. Ryan and Militia currently live in Missouri. And she also does a podcast as well. It's called the Daily Wellness Podcast. We've listened to a couple of episodes. They're great. So if you are wanting little um, tidbits of just basic health, you know, emotional, mental well-being, this is a really great podcast 
to uh, subscribe to. Yeah, it's good. All right. Well, that's about it. So enjoy. And also, side note, don't forget, if you want to be featured in our final episode, you can call our hotline, 503-610-6104. You can leave a message. You can be anonymous. Or if you don't even want to leave a message, you can email us. Simple. Loveafterlullabies at gmail.com. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Your marriage was really good, and then you had kids. Right. <laughs> Your marriage was really easy. Oh, easy. And then you right. had kids. Yeah, yeah. 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 Us there. Everybody says, you know, those first couple years are so hard, and it was it felt easy for us yeah. until we had kids. It's a cake cakewalk <laughs> until kids. So yeah, take, take yeah. us back to the beginning. How long yeah. were how long were you guys together before you got married, and then and then having up to kids? Yeah, so Melissa and I met in college. Um, so we both went to a small university in southeastern Kansas. Uh, but make sure you get the name right. It's Pittsburgh State University in Kansas. So oh. we're constantly having to correct people that we didn't go to school in Pennsylvania. It's actually Kansas. So right, yeah. Does, so we does both, it have a connection. Why? Like, what's no, with the name? No, the, the the name of the town that it's in is Pittsburgh. So okay. Pittsburgh, Kansas, Pittsburgh State University. So that's okay. it. Okay, nice. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Melissa being uh, older and wiser than me, she's uh, two and a half years older than I am. So when she when I showed up to uh, campus. I was just a freshman football player. Um, she was a uh, almost fast track graduating senior. I think you were senior the year we met. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I was on the slow football player track. So I kind of like slowed her down with all of her hopes and plans and dreams because um, she was ready to get the heck out of there and move on to, to different things. But then I showed up. So yeah, yeah. But we met at a Bible study on campus. Um, so some things in my life had changed, and I was you know seeking a new direction in life, and um, she was already on that path. So. Um, so I showed up and met her and I wasn't initially looking for a relationship, but, you know, I just kept finding myself like kind of trying to sit by her in group settings or, you know, we go to a restaurant and I make sure that I would be in her group versus the other group. We had to split the tables. So I just found myself drawn to her and just the life and the joy I saw in her life. And, and actually the funny thing, the first uh, date we went on was because at one of those restaurants, I guess they didn't take credit cards and that's all I had. So she ended up paying for my meal, Ah. which I... (laughs) I thought was a great reason to say, well, let me take you out for ice cream, you know, to pay it back. And so, Uh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we, you know, two hours later, you know, in that conversation, we're like, oh, there might be something here. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of a restaurant doesn't take credit cards? Come on. You know, uh, if you ever get down here, it's Lambert's Cafe in Branson, Missouri. Pulling them out. (laughs) They literally literally throw rolls at you. If you want to roll, they'll throw it to you across the restaurant. It's fun. Wow. Okay. All right. Cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that was the beginning of our relationship. And um, we knew that, you know, we were probably going to end up together, but um, he had just really started college and I had already had plans to get a master's degree at a different school. So it took us a while to work that out. It was like a year of dating, a year of engagement. Eventually we got married. One thing that I feel like we did really well from the beginning, as far as something we were intentional about is we looked for mentors in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other married couples that had, you know, aspects of their relationship that were like, we really want that, you know, in our nice. relationship. Yeah. And so I think that really helped us early on. And I think that is why looking back, we could say like the first couple years of our marriage were pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, we asked for advice, we'd sit down with people and be like, so how do you do this? Like, what should we do about that? You know, like, what would you recommend? And 
mm-hmm. try to pick people's brains that we thought were doing things really well. Yeah. Was, and, it, um, was it conflict related, like asking advice around conflict or were there other topics? Just kinda, you know, just kind of everything, you know, expectations, you know, roles, you know, within the marriage, what are your expectations about, you know, money and chores and housework and all that stuff. So we just got some really, really good advice. People kind of poured into us and we were, you know, looking for that. We did premarital counseling through our local church and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we read lots of books and talked about it a lot. And I mean, just had really good and great conversations to prepare for it. Um, and that's why it was a lot easier compared to parenting because we didn't do all that I know. for parenting. No. You, <laughs> you would think that like having that pattern of like gaining insight from other people that we would have done that going into parenting, but we didn't. <laughs> We're just like, oh, we got this. And we didn't like, it was hard. We realized in parenting, like our first baby was kind of a surprise. And so that maybe that's one reason we weren't as prepared as we would have liked to have been. But, you know, those first couple years of parenting, we just realized that we had some very different ideas of what parenting should look like. And then that started to cause conflict in our relationship. And so that was really the first time we felt like marriage is hard. <laughs> yeah. Had, had you talked about having kids before marriage? And like, was that something you both wanted? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we, we both wanted kids. Um, we just didn't want them as soon as we got them. But, um, it you fine. know, it's fine. You know, it's uh, God's plan, God's timing. But we, um, yeah, we, we had planned to wait a little bit longer. And, you know, I, uh, when we got married, I, I was 21, she was 23. So relatively young in today's terms for, for getting married. Uh, I very much still felt like a kid, you know, and then now I'm going to be a dad. So quite honestly, I was, I was petrified, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was scared out of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so common that you're, the story about preparing for marriage and finding more out more about each other. It's a life event, right? So yeah. you spend that time to figure out that life event event. And I think a lot of people don't do that with kids because right. they're yeah. just like, we'll just, we're new parents and we'll wing we'll it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. We were the same way. Yeah. yeah same way. And, <laughs> and then your all your focus is on that child yeah. and yes. you know, what you've prepared for, and another life event, you just kind of, it just kind of goes away. Yeah. There's so many decisions to make in parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many decisions. I never would have guessed, like could not have imagined like how many things you have to decide on that feel right. so important. <laughs> and, yeah. and you have different opinions on what the answer is or how things should be handled. And so you have to learn how to talk to each other yeah. about all those different things. I mean, when, the, when we first had our baby, you know, it was like, well, are they going to sleep in the crib? Or are they going to sleep in our room? Even little things like that, you know, we disagreed on that. And, you know, yeah. so we had to work through even little things like that. Do you let them cry or not let them cry? There's like a billion like small yeah. things that are significant and you're tired. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, yeah, fertile breeding ground for, um, you know, not marital bliss for sure. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Did yeah. you eventually get on the same page or was Yeah. It- well, I mean, similar to our, our, um, you know, the first half where we prepared well for marriage, we, we found some mentors. Um, okay. So we, we did end up applying that same wisdom uh, mm-hmm. to parenting. So we, we you know, we're in, in a community of people where we just saw a family doing it really well, you know, mm-hmm. several families doing it really well. We just saw how their kids were well adjusted and how they seemed to love each other. And we're just like, all right, we need some, we need some advice. We need you guys to speak into our lives. And, and that, um, it, you know, it brought, us from two different like sets of expectations and, you know, beliefs of, of how to do this family thing to where we, you know, got together and discussed like, okay, this is, this is what we believe on how a family should work for our family. For our like, family. So we got on the same like, page. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we came out from, 
at it from the same perspective versus like two different perspectives, um, having never discussed it and worked through all those all those issues and conversations. I'm a health and wellness nut. And so I always tell people this in that talking about health and wellness, but it applies to this as well. Like it never hurts to learn, never hurts to hear other people's story, never hurts to read a book, even if you don't agree with it 100 percent, you know, you can mm -hmm. take it and kind of process through it and take what's good for you. Sure. I'm sure we've never pushed our opinion on other people. About <laughs> no. <stuff>. no, never. <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> So how many kiddos do you guys have? We have four kids. So they are now 16, 13, 13, and eight. So you're not busy at all? No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. And the 16, you know, she just started driving. So that's oh, been, boy. you know. Yeah. So our oldest is 16. That's our daughter. And then we have two in the middle of our 13-year-olds, our boys. And one of them is our adopted son. And then the other is a daughter as well. So our eight-year-old girl. So we have two girls and two boys. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Nice. And I, I would imagine twins. Yeah. So, so our, our um, son is adopted. So we've got oh, um, okay. our older son is five months uh, older than his, his brother. So yeah. it very much feels like twins. Yeah. It like, feels like we have twins. The 13 year olds are just five months apart and they're both boys. So yeah. uh, they probably act just like twins would act. <laughs> right. yeah, well, sure. one thing I thought of as I was thinking about to the kind of advice that we got from people as we were trying to figure out the whole parenting and marriage thing is to put your marriage first. Yeah. Um, that's been a big piece of advice that we've carried with us for almost 19 years of marriage. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. It's to be really intentional about prioritizing our relationship. You know, like yeah. we have seen that, you know, in different members of our family with their marriages and, you know, some friends putting their kids first. And, you know, I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do, but I, I saw that not end very well. Right. You know, when the, when the kids leave the home and then you're left with each yeah. other and you don't really like each other anymore because yeah. you didn't prioritize each other. Yeah. And so we saw the wisdom in that. And so that's something we've really been intentional to try and do. Even when our kiddos were really little, Ryan was really insistent that we take time away with just us. And that was mm -hmm. hard for me as a new mom. And then, you know, some may not want to take the same advice, but we would go for our, even if it was just for one night away with just yeah. us, that really did help us stay connected in those years when our kids were little mm -hmm. and you're just tired and you're constantly pulled at, you know, because they have so many needs. It really helped us to get away and rest and just talk about things other than diapers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, one of the greatest gifts that you can give your children is a strong relationship between yeah. the two of you. Totally and agree. Yeah. What were some other ways that you helped maintain connection in between those moments of being able to go away for a night? So not even just like for a night, but even like an afternoon away or like a lunch date or, um, you know, making sure that the kids get down, you know, assuming they'll they'll stay down, but like get down and stay down. And then we have like an evening together. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like we're working together to get everything ready so that it's possible for them to like go down and then like we're together for the evening. So yeah, not just like a big event or an occasion, but just making sure to build that into kind of the, the cycle of how we do things, especially with young kids. Yeah. We've also been really intentional to choose activities and things for our family right. and our kids that we're going to be good for the whole family. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've told our kids that like, there's a lot of different things you can do, but you, you let us know what you're interested in and then we'll see what's a good fit for our family. You know, we don't want to be like in completely different spaces, like six yeah. nights a week. So we're not, we're not doing three travel teams all at the same time. Right. Like, yeah. not, not an option. We'll figure something else out. Yeah. Cause yeah. we, I mean, we want to be connected with each other. We also want the kids to be connected with each other. And then with us, we don't want to all be pulled in all these different directions. So mm -hmm. it was important for us to make sure we found things 
for them that helped them grow and develop in areas that they wanted to, but also was good for the family, not just good for them. Yeah, I think it, I mean, really kind of the core was like, you know, we're going to make sure that we have a strong, healthy marriage. And I think that flowed out to flowed out into like, how do we have a strong, healthy family that's built around that marriage? Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess it's possible, but it's really hard to do that if your time and energy is just like dominated by the number of options there are for us yeah. to do mm-hmm. as families and kids. Like you can't say yes to everything if you mm-hmm. do you're going to leave nothing at the end of the day to bring home to share with each other. Like you'll have no energy, no focus. Um, You're just going to be consumed by all this other stuff, but we're going to bring our best selves, you know, back home at the end of the day to share, we need something left. So we just have to say no to some things. Mm -hmm. I feel like we came to that realization, especially with the extracurricular kids stuff a few years ago, but yeah, we started, even though our kids are younger than yours, we have a soon to be nine-year-old here this month and we have a six-year-old. And even now, it's six days a week. We're full of stuff. To do. Yeah. Six yeah. days. Sundays are only day. You're in the thick of it. It's, it's like, yeah. what, what What happened? How did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, a lot of that falls on Miranda as a partner because I, I work longer hours. She's self-employed. She makes that time available yeah. for our kids, which I appreciate immensely. But that's a lot of pressure, too. Because it's yeah. really important for the kids to be doing those things, but it's a lot of drain too. Yeah. yeah. If they want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I think it can be done. You just would have to be really intentional. You know, if we're not connecting these six nights a week, when are we connecting? Right. You know? Yeah. Again, I love that putting your relationship first. And I know a lot of people disagree with that. And, but you're right. You know, when those kids grow up, but they leave the house, who are you left with? You know, you don't want to be looking at a stranger like, who are you? Or I don't even, I don't even like you anymore. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, I I heard this as well. And I'm I'm not a child psychologist, but it makes sense to me. You know, when when the kids feel like they're the center of attention, that's a lot of pressure on a kid. And they can just kind of see that, well, you know, mom and dad's world revolves around me. That's really a lot of pressure. And it's hard for them to kind of like just feel just a part of something, you know, but not like the center of something that it's like the crux of your family. Um, So if they just see like, hey, you know, I may have a good day or a bad day. Um, but mom and dad are okay. Like, and because they're okay, because the relationship, okay, like we're okay. Mm-hmm, so yeah. if that relationship is like rock solid, stable, you know, despite the ups and downs, like the kids feel safe, they feel secure um, because it's not like on them, right? They're not the the pivot of the family. Um, right. It is the marriage. Tell us your decision to become foster parents or how that process went for you. Sure. So I swear that when we were, before we were married, I told Ryan that, you know, adoption was really important to me. He says, I never talked about that, but I swear I did. (laughs) I really, I really don't remember it. Thankfully he ended up being okay with that idea. You know, in in the beginning I was probably like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, whatever, you know, you're, you're pretty. Let's, (laughs) let's keep talking. Like, sure. That sounds (laughs) so kind of like yeah whatever that sounds great you know Um, but yeah you know even if she would have mentioned it I would have been like yeah someday you know someday Mm -hmm. sure not really knowing that that would come sooner rather than later but yeah after our first kiddo we started kind of exploring different ways that we could possibly adopt and long story short we ended up applying to become foster parents um, Mm -hmm. to adopt through the our local state agency at that time we lived in South Carolina and we're in Missouri now but we just applied through the state of South Carolina to be foster parents and you know the intention with that is that those kiddos will go back to their 
families, mm-hmm. um, but that doesn't always work out. And so sometimes you do have the opportunity to adopt. And I guess that's just the route that we decided we would go on. We knew that we felt like our marriage was in a good place at that time. And we felt like we could be a safe place for those kiddos to come. And, you know, that's another benefit of a good marriage is when you are in a good place, you can do more good in the world, really. So we opened our home up as foster parents. And the very first kiddo that we got was not the last kiddo that we got. We had several others come in and out. But that first kiddo that we um, received as a foster placement is the son that we ended up adopting um, three and a half years later. (laughs) So that's our adopted son. And um, but that was another that was a stressor in life for sure. We feel like we did have a a strong marriage relationship to build on, you know, a, a good foundation but it was a whole nother thing of things to talk about and communicate about and decide on. And, you know, you had all these other people in your life at that point with, you know, your foster child and their caseworker and the biological family and the, your caseworker and all the things. And it's just, it's a lot. And so that was a lot of stress and, and that's, that can be an intimacy killer in your marriage oh, when you sure. are under a lot of stress, yeah. <laughs> that can be, that can just drive intimacy into the ground because you're exhausted mentally and physically and all the things, and it can bring a lot of conflict. And, um, so that's, just, was another opportunity for us to mm-hmm. figure out how to be intentional in that season of life. Yeah. How old was he when you first started fostering? He's three and a half when, when oh, he yeah. first came into our house and he was how old when we adopted About seven. Him? Seven. Okay. Yeah. So we had our first kiddo and then we had, um, we were trying to figure out the whole adoption thing and started the process of applying for foster care. And we had our second child, our son, and then we got our placement. So we had two kiddos at home before we got our first foster placement. At one point we had five children total in our home, two long-term placements, including our now son, our other placement, she was able to go home. So we've been up to five kids and, you know, now back down to four or so. Our family has looked different throughout the years. Uh, when we moved back to Missouri, we also became foster parents again and had another child with us for a while. So, you know, we've been various family sizes. It's challenging. Um, it's probably the most rewarding thing that we've done as a family. Obviously, not just because we were able to adopt our son through that, but also because we've, we've got a pretty good family, right? And sometimes, you know, when you're in a good family, a good community, um, surrounded by like, you know, normal, healthy people, for the most part, you kind of don't realize how broken the world is. Um, and sometimes you can kind of get in this little bubble. And so one thing about foster care is you are dealing with broken people Mm -hmm. all the time. And it's actually a little bit of a blessing to see because when a broken kid comes into your home with trauma and all this other stuff that, you know, it's not their fault, you know, but they're, they're, they come with behaviors typically in one form or fashion for me, at least I know for a lot of parents, it's like that brings out brokenness in me. Right. So it gives me an opportunity to grow as a yeah. person, uh, for us to grow as a family. And also for our kids, like we're, we're all doing this together. Like mm-hmm. our, our son, when he first came into our home, like wouldn't talk to us, wouldn't look us in the eyes as mm-hmm. adults, but my kids would get down on the floor and play cars with them. Right. Oh, and yeah. he would, they would start to open up with them. Yeah. They were, they were the comfort, they were the comfort bringers. So, you know, we were just able to do like this really cool thing as a family and, you know, they are better people because of it as well. What kinds of conflict or what kind of challenges did your relationship find as you were going through this process? The main thing for me was stress. So yeah. I, I didn't know it at the time, but looking back now, I know that I was, my anxiety was really flaring. Like okay. I was having symptoms of anxiety and just that stress played on my physical body in such a way where you almost felt like you're going to have a panic attack type of thing. 
And so I was having all these kind of physical symptoms that I didn't really know what they were. Um, you know, I, I, at the time I probably would have said, I'm just really worried about the situation or what's going to happen or, cause you don't really have any control over these kids. Everybody else gets to right. see what happens to them, you know? Yeah. And it's really kind of stressful, but that was one thing for me. I think something that everybody should really think about is your physical health, right? If you are struggling physically or your mental health, those aspects of your life play into your marriage and the level of intimacy that you can experience in your marriage. This is a little bit of a separate topic, but health and wellness related, like I think in the last 50 to 60 years, um, men's testosterone rates have dropped about 50%. There are almost 50% of people 12 and above on some kind of anxiety or depression medication. And so the anxiety itself and the medication, because I think almost 70% of adults are on some kind of pharmaceutical. And so if you think about all these physical things that people deal with, um, you know, the things that I just mentioned specifically cause low libido. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like your sex drive is going to be in the ditch, you know, if you're struggling with depression and anxiety and you're on medication and your testosterone is low and your hormones are out of balance and all of that. So I didn't really know it at the time, but that was affecting our relationship. Now I know like what was happening with me physically. You know, I didn't want to be as intimate with Ryan as I had in the past because I just had so much going on in my mind that was affecting my physical body. You know, I was exhausted and stressed and sometimes felt like I couldn't breathe literally. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's a really important aspect to think about is, you know, if you're not doing well physically, then that could be one of the things that's playing into your relationship. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to go back to the intimacy here in a second, but going back to your stress, anxiety, physical hardships through that, how did you push through it? What did what help did you get? Uh, Well, we were kind of forced into taking a break. (laughs) Um, It came to a point where both of the long-term foster placements that we had went home to their families. Um, We had some huge life changes that happened. And at the end of those, we were kind of in this place where like we aren't really doing anything now. Like, (laughs) you know, we had moved. um, Ryan had to switch jobs. um, We didn't have any foster placements. um, And so all the things that had been high stressors in our life were gone. And in a way that was hard on my mental health because it's almost like a season of grief of all these things that we had been doing and now we're not and who am I and all those questions. But at the same time, it did give us a really good season of rest. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What about you, Ryan? Did you have that same kind of stressors during that time? Certainly. Like we're going through this together, you know, we're a team. So, um, and we're, you know, Actually, one thing that um, I picked up that did help through this time is um, I picked up journaling. Hmm. So it was just a place for me to like write down like, you know, this is how I'm feeling, you know, because of our faith. I would typically like, you know, write prayers, you know, and like discuss this with with God and like what I'm feeling and what I'm doing. And it's funny because that's like the only time I journal is like high stress. So if you go and read my journal, you think I'm like the most depressed person in the world. (laughs) Um, That's the only time I write. But it is like a really good tool for me to help process my feelings and emotions and, you know, help me get clarity on those things. And that helps me have clearer conversations with Militia on like what I'm feeling and how I'm feeling. So that was definitely a tool that I picked up in that season um, and used pretty frequently. I'll also say like we, um, throughout the years, this has been true as well, just, just having like friendship apart from each other. Like, you know, Melissa has a group of women that she typically is like doing life with and um, a small group that she meets with, um, me with a group of men, but just having like some 
companionship outside of the marriage, you know, male companionship for me, just to like, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. Give me some feedback, you know, just to share life with. That's also been really important for us throughout the years as well. Yeah, there's a real deficit in relationships with other men, you know, right. having that emotional connection. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though, because every time I, you know, I, there's been seasons where I've been apart from a group. Um, and then, you know, seasons will I'll be consistent, like meeting with a group of men um, throughout the week. But it's always, I always crack up. Like men don't talk or share their emotions. I, I call BS on that because I, I feel like these groups, like we're a bunch of chatty Cathy's. We can't get out of there in less than like two hours because everybody wants to share something or give yeah. some feedback or whatever. It's just like, man, weird. It's just, it's hilarious because uh, you just get a, a, get a group of men together that feel comfortable around each other and we will talk. Yeah. Each other to death because we just, you know, we're starved for it. Yeah. Whenever every guy's louder than the other. Just <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I get the older I get, the louder I talk. I don't know. <laughs> on the phone screaming at somebody. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing it. Stop. <laughs> Guys, do you still foster? We don't. So I think in the beginning of 2019, we let our license go dormant. Um, at that time, it was it'd been a while, like a little over a year since we had adopted our son. And then we just had some other changes where I feel like we needed to have that time to just bond as a family with him as our adopted son and for Ryan to adjust to his new job and other things. So it was felt like a good time to take a break. So you had mentioned earlier, Militia, that I swear I mentioned this before, you know, but but <laughs> Ryan said that we didn't. As far as the idea of fostering and adopting, did that create, as you're in the process of it, the throes of all the stress, was there any resentment or, you know, kind of contempt creeping in between the two of you? Did that I don't really think out? so about that subject. It was, it was just more of it being hard to make a decision. Like we were, do we do an international adoption? Do we do a mm. adoption from birth, you know, through a private organization or, and then we didn't really know about adopting through the state. So that was kind of what we found out about later and ended up going with. That was the only hard part of that is just, there's so many options and ways we can do this. Like, what do we choose? Like, what's the right decision? I will say though, like um, the conflict issue, like one other thing that we've been intentional about and Ryan has really led me well in this is forgiving each other quickly, not harboring anger, not harboring offense or resentment. I wasn't very good at that. And sometimes I still struggle, honestly. Um, I want to stew over it for a while, but he is really quick to ask for forgiveness or to talk about something that we're in conflict about. And that's been really good for our relationship. Nice. Love that. Nice. We always say it's never too late to to make up, you know, it's, yeah. it's never too late to make it right. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to like, you know, want to be intimate physically if you're mad at each other. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even if it's little conflicts, they add up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they're not addressed, then it becomes this big overflowing thing. Yeah. yeah. One tool that we, we used for a season was like, I, I'm not a crafty person, but I did make a, like a little card, like an index card that was colored. And I like did it like a die cut and it said, let's talk on it. And I said, if you, if you want to talk about something, just put this in my underwear drawer or somewhere that you know, I will see it. And I will know that you, something's bothering you and you want to talk about it. Cause sometimes you just, yeah. it's hard to just get those words out. Like I'm upset or you offended me or something and I need to talk about it. 
So we just had this little card that she would leave in places that I would guarantee to find it. And I was like, okay. I love that. And then I could prepare myself mentally for whatever conversation we might be having. We should do that, except have like a little red flag, like in football. Just throw it out. But that kind of goes into your intimacy mindset because, you know, Ryan is always very respectful of me. If I am not in the mood to make love, he would totally respect that. But I have also learned over time that even if I don't 100% feel like it, if we connect through making love, then that's going to spill over into other aspects of our life. And it makes yeah. it easier to connect emotionally, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and it's kind of, it's a two way street, really. Ideally, you would feel like having sex with your spouse every time that you have sex. But that doesn't happen for me every time. But I realize that sometimes my feelings will follow my action. And I know that if I didn't want to, Ryan would totally respect that. But I'm just for me mentally, I'm like, this is going to make things better. Right. Mm-hmm. Getting to that plate, getting over the hump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, yeah. Getting, getting over that to get through, you know, the first part it naturally, you know, no, I'm not making. Well, there's a, there's, a there's a difference between I maybe I'm not 100% into it right now, but you will I, I'm in the mood to where yeah. I know I can get there quickly or right. I can get right. in there rather yeah. than this is not a good time. Right. I'm not into it right yeah. now. Yeah. 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 And that, that's where the, you know, hopefully after 18 years, I kind of like know when it's not, I shouldn't even try, you know, not even an option. Don't even try. Um, or, you know, if I just like kind of put hints out there and I'm really nice and helpful throughout the day, like I always am, you know, right. probably going to be likely. I always am. <laughs> every day. Every, every day. day. Yeah. Just perfect. Every day. <laughs> every day. Um, so tell us, uh, since we're talking about intimacy, let's get into it. The yeah. intimacy before kids mm-hmm. versus, I mean, you went through stages of kids. Yeah. So what did intimacy, what part of that played in your connection? You said it was really easy and great. And then versus one, two, three, four kids. Yeah. Goodness. Um, I mean, yeah. We decided to wait until we were married yep. to have sex. Mm-hmm. So we had a year of dating, a year of engagement, and then we got married. So we were definitely ready to we have sex. And I would not recommend waiting that long. <laughs> we were, we were pros at delayed gratification. So <laughs> yeah. that's saying like we had a, we had a value that like, you know, these are our values. Um, we're going to stick to these values, even though, though it might be difficult. And I think that set us up for like a good early relationship. So like just really enjoy and be free with each other in some really healthy ways. And then when things started to get more difficult because we're tired um, and, you know, we, we'd already just built in some discipline in our relationship. To where it's like, okay, you know, we may not feel like it or we might feel like it, but like we, we know how to say yes or no in those right moments. And, you know, going back to what Melissa said earlier, she's been she's been really good in our marriage. Like I really appreciate her willingness to just be open, you know, to to intimacy with me, even though she's might not be 100 percent in the mood. She's just she knows that, that is a value. Like I'm a per, I'm a, you know, affirmation like touch type of person. I think a lot of men are where it's just like, that's how I connect with her emotionally um, the best. Like I, I do love discussion. I do love talking, but to me, I feel most connected to her through intimacy to feel closer to her. Like that needs to be a consistent part of our relationship. So I think she understood that from the beginning and has really just honored that, which has been great. Yeah. The communication is a huge part of that. I mean, it, communication can be an intimacy killer or it can be, you know, a feeder for great intimacy. So I need to communicate what my needs are you know, in making love, like, I want to make love to you. But like, I just got this really stressful situation with the kids. And like, my mind isn't like, 
right. here right now. So I need you to give me like a few minutes to think, you know, like, yeah. or I'm not even going to enjoy this, you know, yeah. like communicating your needs and your desires and things like that is huge. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even like, you know, the house is a mess. I can't even think about whatever. And I'm like, okay, let me clean the house then. Like, I'll, nice. you know, if you need that, I'm, I'm here for you. So he does the dishes every night. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, not even kidding. <laughs> we talk about that too. And it's, yeah. it's something that we've, we've talked about, like what's foreplay to us. And mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be sexual. It could be yeah. when I'm being goofy and fun with the kids. Mm-hmm. Right. I look over and she's smiling at me and she's like, foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Or he's really good. He works from home and I work from home. Um, we're home with the kids. I homeschool. So he's good about taking moments throughout the day to like hug me, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. look in my eyes and ask me how I'm doing. Or, you know, yeah. he's really good about taking moments throughout the day to connect with me. Yeah. We call that NST or non-sexual touch. So I'm, I'm touching you with that, like that intent in mind. Although it might help later. But But you're doing it just to do it rather than like my intention is to eventually have it lead to sex. Yeah, it's just it's an emotional, physical connection. Um, So she knows that I love her. One thing that we did when the kids were really little, because, you know, it's not always easy to take a weekend away to make love. Like, and sometimes at the end of the day, you're tired. And so if we knew our best chance at making oh, love that yeah. day was going to be in the middle of the day sometime. And mm-hmm. this was when Paw Patrol first came out. So that was a while ago, but yeah. our kids were very much into Paw Patrol and we were kind of strict on screen time. And so watching a show was like, really big deal. And so we knew that if we could sit them down in front of a Paw Patrol episode, that they were going to be sitting there for 30 minutes. (laughs) Just plenty of time. Yeah. Plenty of time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've done that trick before for sure. Uh Yeah. Um, He would look at me and be like, is this, is this good Paw Patrol? Patrol? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We still do that. Even though our kids don't watch Paw Patrol, we'll still call it. Paw Patrol sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's such a great thing. But we haven't really had too many awkward moments as we thought we would have way more. We have had some awkward moments. He's really good about locking the door. So I don't think anyone's ever walked in on us, but yeah. you know, they've definitely knocked on the door um, or, you know, maybe, you know, at nighttime, a kid starts feeling sick, you know, and they're like, mom, I don't feel good. And you're like, okay, <laughs> just a second. You're right there. I'll be right with you. <laughs> but I mean, our kids are teens now and we, yeah. we do our, we are intentional about talking to them about sex and mm-hmm. um, we want to be open with our, our intimacy, not our, you know, our sex life with them, but about, you know, having an intimate relationship with each other. They know that we're affectionate. They know that we love each other. They see us display that things like that. And so I know they know, yeah. <laughs> you know, because we've talked about it, but we haven't had too many awkward moments. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. We're, we're trying to be, you know, in their lives, at least like the authority on sex and intimacy so that when they are comfortable at some point asking questions, um, like they can come back to us and know that it's not, you know, it's not an off limits conversation or out of bounds conversation or topic. Uh, because we want that type of relationship with them where if they have a question or they saw something or they mm-hmm. just, you know, or they got hurt somehow, like we want to be the ones that's a safe place for them to talk to. 
Yeah, we do the same thing. And we yeah. also call body parts the way they should be called. Yes. Yes. We're not gonna well done. Go around calling it a vagina or a penis. Right. Like they, yes. That's yeah. what it's called. And exactly. They, you know, yeah. Have that open communication that they don't yeah. feel awkward when they hear that word. It makes our in laws cringe. It does. <laughs> right. Like, she said vagina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the name of the body part. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I think it's the best, though, when you can make a sex joke and totally embarrass your kids. You're like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Every time we're like embracing in a hug and like cuddling, like in the kitchen or whatever, our, our youngest always perks up and like, it's a time to like get in between us and right. all yeah. hug us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, it welcomes them into it as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said that too when they were younger. Yeah. I want them to see us loving each other well and, you know, hugging on each other and mm-hmm. kissing each other and holding hands and so that they know like that's part of a healthy relationship. Yeah. Is there anything that you miss about your relationship that you had before kids? I think we get little snippets of that, you know, when we take a weekend away yeah. somewhere and we're like, oh, this is what it used to be like, you know, yeah. we didn't have whatever. Now we have teens that just text us all the time anyway, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we kind of get a little bit of it. And I think we do, there's things that we look forward to. Yeah. Like, you know, now that we have older teens, we're like, oh my gosh, there is going to be a day when we don't have kids at home anymore. You know, at some, mm-hmm. at one point that seemed so far away. And yeah. now it's like, wow, we have one just a couple years away from graduating. And so you mm-hmm. think about that. And I think there's things about that, that we will absolutely love, you know, mm-hmm. in that stage of life. But Overall, I feel like oh, you can speak for you, but I feel like our relationship has just grown in sweetness and mm-hmm. um, intimacy and love. And so I wouldn't really and I think that our kids really played a part in that because yeah. they helped us to grow up as yes. people yep. and helped us to grow emotionally and brought us through conflict that made us stronger. And so yeah. I, I wouldn't want to change it in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would want to go back because I mean, I'm we're just much better people, right. For being parents and sort of going through, um, the things that we've, we've done. I'm just a, I'm a deeper person. You know, I've just got more now than I had. Um, I grew up, you know, and that's what parenting will make you do. And because of that, like we're in a better place emotionally. Like I have got so much, I had a lot of respect for Melissa at the beginning, but I have a ton of respect for her now, you know, seeing her be the mother that she has been throughout the years. And so, um, no, I wouldn't, take any of that back for sure. We are looking forward to being, you know, empty nesters at some point and looking forward for sure to being grandparents, you know, mm-hmm. heard the, heard the phrase, uh, you know, grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your own children. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I've got a, I've got a real, um, you know, happiness in my heart for, for holding and parenting my grandkids at some point, but yeah, you no, know, so it's, it's all good. You know, we, we wouldn't change a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you could tell that by talking to you too, that, yeah friendship is the cornerstone of what you've developed. So you should be looking forward to being empty nesters, although that will come with its own sadness things, but we're looking forward to it because you're greater friends now and you'll probably be greater Mm -hmm. friends then. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It's fun going away for like, get out of town, go away for a weekend and you're just like, Oh, I remember you like, yeah. Cause all the stress and all the things kind of drop off for that, you know, weekend that you get away. It's like, Oh yeah, this is a preview. And you know, we, we are all, we all, all are weighted down sometimes by just the stress and things in life that we, um, that we do. It's going to be good. That busyness. I think that is like the main thing that we struggle with now. 
just like Mm -hmm. all the things that we have going on in our life, just make us busy. Like our calendar gets full and when you get busy, you get tired. And then, you know, you're at the end of the day, like, I don't want to talk, please don't touch me, you know? Like, and so you really, that's another thing where you have to be intentional of like saving energy for your relationship. Yeah. What does your perfect weekend away look like? What are you both into that re-energizes you? What would you say? We might have different answers. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we, we like a variety of different things. I, you know, I'm personally, my vac- my perfect vacation is just to go and sit somewhere and just like not do a whole lot of extra things once we get there. He's a relaxing vacation I'm a relaxing kind of guy. Okay, yeah. And Melissa's more of the, the doer, like go and do things on your vacation, like drive an extra thousand miles on your vacation once you get to your destination. Um, you know, but we've we've grown like as most re- good relationships, like you just kind of grow together over the years and you can kind of like enjoy and appreciate their perspective on things. And so we've taken some, you know, busy vacations that have been awesome. Like I've really enjoyed them. Tired at the end of it, but, you know, really enjoyed them. Um, and then she uh, has told me she appreciates some of those vacations where we just go and sit and do nothing but just like mm-hmm. hang out, relax, you yeah. know, drink enjoy good the drinks, scenery. enjoy the yeah. scenery. Like, so. I'd say know. a getaway with just us, it would be more of that. Yeah. More of just somewhere where there's a beautiful scenery. It could be the beach, it could be the mountains, it could be a lake, whatever. Some mm-hmm. kind of beautiful scenery that is feels romantic. Um, a lot of good food because I love food. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of really good food, um, a really comfortable bed, and I'm pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Do you guys take a lot of family vacations? We try to take like one major one every year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This week we're or this year we're probably going to wait until the fall and take our kids to serve in the Dominican Republic, and oh, okay. then tag a few like beach days on the end so it'll be a little bit of both <laughs> well we'll go and do things and serve like the dominican people and then have some vacation nice. on the end yeah it's great great is there any last you know words of wisdom for making sure that you allow intentional time you know for those who are listening who are in the trenches of it who are just getting through hour by hour yeah of, well i'd you know, say something little yeah some practical ways that you can do that is um one ask for help <laughs> You know, if you don't have family nearby, make sure that you're budgeting in either help with the house or help with babysitting right. or some kind of help. Just ask for help. Right. Um, that is Asking a huge help does not mean that you are failing. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Ask for help early and often. Um, and then, you know, I, there have been times when we have just like actually sat down and had calendar meetings when like, when are we going to go on a date? When are we going to take that weekend away? And when are we going to, so those are two practical things I would say, like plan for it, plan for having help in some aspect of your life and then plan for that time together, like actually put it on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah, Prioritize it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, and just overall, this isn't just like time away or connection. It's like, you know, what is your shared vision as a couple? Like, where are you going and are you on the same page? Because that can, you know, align a lot of, can help you get through the, obviously the more difficult days when you're tired and, and all that stuff. It's like, okay, we're still going in that same direction um, for, for new um, marriages, especially. I'm like, do you, do you have a shared vision for the future? Because um, if not, you need to get there soon. I remember we decided, just a quick tangent here, we decided to get a house cleaner every other week or once a month for a little while. And we had, we both had this big communication about it. It's like, we felt kind of guilty about it. Right. And it's like, yeah. yeah. We felt like, well, we weren't doing our jobs as parents and as individuals to maintain our house the way we wanted to. But in reality, through all these conversations, it was like, 
we could clean toilets and bathrooms all, you know, with three of them. We could do those this weekend, which sucks. Yeah. Or we can get some help every other weekend and we could spend time as a family and go do something. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to really value weekends as family time and not wanting to spend it. doing chores right and really you get to help somebody else that may need that extra income from coming and helping you out definitely true yeah Yeah. good advice and knowing that we were privileged in order to be able to afford that Mm -hmm. it didn't last long but (laughs) it was nice while it lasted well the the nice thing is and here's the other tip Melissa's done a great job of like training our kids to clean the house so they have like you know we don't do a ton of chores these days because our kids got a schedule and that's that's their contribution to the house at this point so mm-hmm. yeah that's living the dream right there uh, i mean oh, yeah. it's pretty awesome yeah <laughs> yeah yeah nice and now that your daughter's driving that's another well if you it's want like, gas money or a car i don't even know life is just so weird right now like the kids are doing chores and we have a daughter that can drive around to different errands and practices it's and we can go on a date whenever we want because they're old enough to stay home it's right it's, yeah. it's crazy it's kind of a yeah. new level of freedom so it yeah that's the nice thing train your kids well as you you know as they grow um, and then you can trust them to you know leave them at home for three hours while you go on a date or when they drive like they're not going to do something incredibly stupid like you know right. there's rewards for that as a parent as you get through it Well, I can't thank you guys enough. I really yeah. appreciate you, you being willing to chat with us. And this is great. Our pleasure. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Yeah, I love it. What's, what's <laughs> the deal? Yeah, R2-D2. There's not like a crazy cool story behind that. I did paint that from a stencil, but oh, wow. I, I worked, yeah, I worked in like a custom software company for a while. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a programmer. I do sales and marketing and type of stuff, stuff like that. But I had to fit in with all the other nerds that were there. So I was like, I need something for my office so I can fit in here. So I painted yeah. it up. So he's officially told you about his two craft projects he's done in his entire <laughs> right. life in this one episode. Exactly. The little card he made and this. That, That's yeah. it. Nice. So when we're done, I'll be like, he's so crafty. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. it's a good background it is for sure thank you yeah. yeah so nice to meet you enjoy the rest of your weekend what's left of it and yeah. <laughs> i'll be in touch sounds good thanks okay all, all right. right take care Hey everyone, we hope you got something out of today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Love After Lullabies. And if you and your partner are interested in being in the show, we'd love to have you. Email us at loveafterlullabies at gmail.com. And also, we would really appreciate a like, subscribe, and even a share would be amazing. Does she got under some pretty ears? Ha, ha, ha.